I'm Riker, and this is Pilot. Wake me up before you go, go. Don't leave me hanging on like a yo-yo. Wake me up before you go, go. I don't want to miss it when you hit that high. Turns out I don't know that song as well as I thought I did. Yeah, I had no idea what those lyrics were. I was like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's the hilarious... um, Ringtone. Ringtone, yeah. Her song that she keeps waking up to at inopportune times during the murder scene. Which I really like because I have an alarm clock. Like I intentionally try to theme my alarms like that. So if it says wake up in it, I really like that as an alarm song. I like, yeah, I like waking up to Judy Garland singing, Life is just a bowl of cherries. Is that really what you wake up to? Don't take it serious. It's too mysterious. No, but when it comes back around on my iPod, my very old (laughs) clock radio, my iPod radio, my iHome, when it gets back to that, it's like, yeah, man. Mm." Sometimes I'll wake up with my fist in the air like, yeah, does my fist dance into the beat? Like, yeah, Judy, kill it. Like, yeah, I want to face the day. (laughs) You are Born in the wrong decade, I think. <laughs> What's one of the other ones? There's some other one that she sings to. Um, You're asking the wrong person. No, 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 I'm trying to think with the because there's two of them that when Judy's singing it, that's why they're on there for waking up. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that one in. Well, I'll remember in a second. Live it, love it, wiggle your ears and think nothing of it. Can't do without it. There's no two ways about it. You live. And you laugh at it all. You wake up to that and it's like, hell yeah, man. Life's just a bowl of cherries. Let's do this shit. Good evening. Good morning. Well, whenever you're listening to it, <laughs> thanks for joining us on this episode of Pilots in which we are reviewing Flight Attendant. An the HB- Flight Attendant. The Flight Attendant. <laughs> an HBO Max original. I wonder why they didn't drop the from the name. Hmm. Because it's the. There's just the one we care about. Yeah. I mean, and did you not get that? Yeah, right? Well, there are, but like, sorry, did you write much on your character card? Like, spoilers, did you write much on your character cards yeah, for I the other three? Yeah, I flight attendant four times. <laughs> the other flight attendants. <laughs> flight attendant. The old one. Old lady flight attendant. I'm sorry, and I'm sorry to her for saying that. <laughs> no, she's wonderful, but like. But she plays in, a type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're clearly playing the... It, the it, stereotypes. Yeah, it makes me feel like the whoever is the producer of the show, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't do any research, so don't hold me to any of Thank this. Thank goodness. <laughs> It'd probably be wrong anyway. <laughs> Why research just to be wrong when I could just shoot it off the cuff anyway? I like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they had the types. You had the dumb, blonde, yeah. like alcoholic, skanky uh I prefer promiscuous. I say we. I'm not in that category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. But this is <laughs> like a, sort of a whole new level stereotype that we're hitting. Yeah, she says true. brilliantly somewhere when somebody says, uh, you killed me. And she said, I didn't kill you. I am not that kind of drunk. I am public nudity yelling at a subway kind of drunk. I love that. So, it really does put it in perspective who she is, though. You know, I, exactly, because I don't think you could give me an example of, oh, here's a woman sleeping with a customer, having sex with a customer at work, mm-hmm. like during her shift, and not say, that was kind of... I always forget that that's, you know... Right, like it kind of goes past, oh, you're slut-shaming and this is female sexuality. It's like, no, 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 that's objectively kind of problematic. Yeah, no, having sex on the job, um, if you are not a sex worker, exactly. does seem like, <laughs> does Good seem point. like a problem. Good point. <laughs> See, I would have that same value on it, too. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's just kind of frowned upon at most jobs. Yeah. Unless it's Grey's Anatomy, which... <laughs> You're getting paid to serve drinks and pick up trash. Yeah. Not pick up on trash. <laughs> hey, he was cute and wealthy, obviously, not trash. <laughs> oh, he's a two-olive kind of guy. He's the kind of guy that <laughs> asks for a second olive. Did he ask for a second olive? Pure downtown fluff. No, that's one of my that's on my quote card. That uh, what was your name, Jada? The the fourth flight attendant. The one who you get the very least from. That when you get nothing from, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Other Jada. than that, she hates Cassie, which is our main gal. Oh. Or seems to like yeah. she just does not seem to care for. Her. She says, "He's the." This is what she says to the FBI when they're interviewing her about a man's murder. Mm-hmm. She says he's the type who would order an extra olive if you know what I mean. Pure downtown fluff. She said that? Yeah. I missed that. I don't know what that means. I don't either, but it was so fun. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to inform says, me here. When she says... <laughs> I'm no, like, no, oh, what, what is she this said, She says, if you, know what, if you know what I mean. And I'm thinking, I don't, but I kind of do. Like, I don't, but if you're telling me that I do, then I'm going to put it together and I think I'm going to be right about it. I mean, if you <laughs> say anything and wink, you can make something dirty out of it. I don't know what to make oh, of that otherwise. if right? you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> For those of you that aren't watching live, I just winked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about a little bit of background on the show. And by background, I mean hard facts that any idiot who's watching it as it's going on right in front of their face could figure out. Because uh, <laughs> those are the kind of facts we deal in here. It's opinion show. Um, <laughs> Kaylee Cuoco. Uh, America's sweetheart, which I actually think there's something to that. I think oh, she's yeah. she's really a beloved um, actress. She's kind of like never feels to lose her regularness in a way. Like mm-hmm. she reminds me of. Uh, could ask my mom this too. She reminds me of my cousin, um, Jessica. Well, I mean, you need an outer in front of the whole world. Everybody's I mean, listening. Yeah, my knows cousin your Jessica. Name. <laughs> That's a good point. They're probably going to spell her name with an I. Um, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my cousin Jessica, who <laughs> they just have something in the nose and mouth that kind of looks like she's a blonde version of her, though. Yeah. Um, and I just always really liked her, and I feel like she's about our age, you know, f- roughly forty. And uh, hey, don't hey. do that to me. <laughs> uh, the winking doesn't make it good. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. Probably something dirty. So oh. um, <laughs> here's what I'm going for. Yeah. She's got really, I think, her first starring vehicle that is Kaylee Cuoco's show. Not an ensemble. You know, she's been a star forever. She's been, yeah. a, you know, Big Bang Theory. She was a star of the show. Uh, she Eight really Simple was. Rules, star of the show. You know, that little stint she did on Charmed that probably nobody talks about and nobody remembers. The original um, Charmed, yeah. not the reboot? The real one, yeah. Um. <laughs> I never like. okay, I'm not going to get into it. It's controversial. I started watching the new one, though. I liked it. I couldn't get into the old one, but I watched it after its time, so. Oh, well, that was too late in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Charmed was it's the no first Buffy. thing that WB, like, had going for it. Yeah. Ah, and then came Reba. Hmm. Reba was great. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> Reba was so good. Um, anyway, so, you know, she's always been a star, but she's mm-hmm. never been the star. Yeah. It's not her face and her face alone in the marketing. And I'm really proud of her, actually. Absolutely. And I think that's really cool to see her just to continue to rock it and continue to soar. 
And it kind of makes me appreciate that in really seeing her, this being her show, she also does this thing with her sleeves that when they're pulled down to her, you know, like under her thumb, mm-hmm. it's a very Jessica gesture. <laughs> <laughs> so she's actually got some mannerisms that remind me of my cousin too. Um, That's funny. Anyway, so I think it gives me an, uh, an extra soft spot for her. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. She's uh, familiar. Yeah, she feels familiar. I like her anyway. I like her on her own merit. But then, you know, there's kind of that initial draw of she kind of feels like she's in the family. Yeah. Um, but, no, I'm really proud of her to, to have be at that level. And uh, and kind of makes you appreciate that she, I think, will continue. And to be sort of such a sloppy character. Yeah. Like, she, as she takes on, you know, a role that's her role, mm-hmm. she could be taking on... Something more sophisticated, I guess. But but uh, this is the way she never loses her regularness to me. Like, yeah. like it's a good role. It's probably a great opportunity to be in a big HBO streaming show. And I just uh, uh, would. I just hope that we continue to see her um, rock it. You know. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So before we get too into characters, because yeah. I feel like that's where we're kind of going. Um, did you have ideas on what you feel the genre oh, is? Oh, shit. I forgot about genre. I put it in the wrong spot. Yeah, that green I got to renumber my cards now. Did you really One? number your cards? Yeah, it was a total disaster. All I'm doing is renumbering <laughs> them, and they're already in order, and it doesn't matter anyway because they're color-coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We start with the green cards. Genre. Green for genre. G for genre. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it reminds me of the movie Devil Jeopardy. With Ashley Judd. Do you remember this movie? I haven't seen it. Great movie. Like, underrated great. Like, not a mm-hmm. classic movie, but just a good, solid, strong movie. Sure. Uh, a great Ashley Judd role in which she's framed for the murder of her husband, who turns out to not be murdered. <laughs> and her kid gets separated from her somehow. So How old she, is the movie? Uh, probably 2000. Okay. 1999, 2000. Okay. 2000. <laughs> 20 years later, can't really count as spoiled. So. 20 years. Yeah. Well, I haven't spoiled it yet. Um, that's what if the she's movie's not really about. Dead, or if he's not really dead. That's what the movie's about. Oh. Okay. I wasn't there for the commercial. You just spoiled it. Um, <laughs> I know. I was kidding. <laughs> so <laughs> um, her son is now disappeared from her, and... Uh, she wants her kid back, and mm-hmm. she knows she didn't murder him, so she's kind of on a quest to prove that. Yeah. And somebody tells her, I think somehow she finds out from prison, I can't remember the specific details, finds out from prison that, um, well, that's where she formulates her plan. She's got to get out of here on good behavior mm-hmm. and go murder her husband <laughs> because she can't get tried twice. You know, she can't get tried for oh, murdering her husband yeah. because she's already been tried and convicted for murdering her husband. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. And she's great in it. And um, she really is great in it. I mean, and she's gorgeous. I love Ashley Judd. But uh, it reminded me of that. And not that that's a genre, but it, it gives me some mm, firm kind expectations, of, yeah. I think, of where we're kind going with Kind of a solving... Solving your own, not your exactly. murder, but something you've been kind of framed for. Yeah, no, for. solving. Yeah, somebody's framed. you got to solve this mystery. So I wrote down mystery, drama, thriller. Uh, it's international. You know, it's an international quest because yeah. the murder happens in Bangkok. Then they're off to Seoul because she's a flight attendant on Imperial Atlantic. Yeah. It's a big Ooh. fictional airline. Doesn't that sound nice? Yeah, It's a little it wordy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it's got this international scope to it in a setting we really haven't seen much of, certainly not on a TV show. Yeah. Where it's the airline, you know, it's the airline industry. Uh, and I have some pilot friends, mm-hmm. which it's funny to me because, because, well, I've heard some stories about sort of the interminglings between a particular pilot and particular flight attendant. Okay. And it so gets, some you know, it got a little sleazy. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm looking at, you know, the archetypes that not archetypes, but the stereotypes that we mm-hmm. play on here. And I think, okay, it's amusing to me that this feels like, you know, that's not the, the, um, genre isn't airline, Mm-mm. but it's, I've noticed in television shows, sometimes you've got the concept in the story. Yeah. And the best example I ha- have of this is 24 with Kiefer Sutherland, mm-hmm. where you have the concept and the concept is one hour in the same day, 24 hours real time, making up a 24-hour day and a 24-hour season. Sure. Right? Which is nothing to do with the stories about. The story is about counterterrorism mm-hmm. and the counterterrorist unit, CTU. Right? That could have been about a wedding. It could have been about, you know, a, a day in a life of a server at a restaurant. Sure. Um, but in this case, it's about counterterrorism right so in this case it's a mystery you know a whodunit of sorts mm-hmm. um in a universe of an airline which yeah. I, th- I like that i like that it's a unique image i mean it's called the flight attendant right yeah and it's absolutely. just sort of a unique concept to engage so they could tell the story that they wanted to tell Definitely. Yeah, anyway, that's what I got for genre. Yeah, no, I think I have, so I have uh, Murder Whodunit with a Party Girl twist. Totally. Um, and something that I don't think fits necessarily in genre, but it is kind of a style choice that they keep making, is the floating boxes that they have to show kind of like a montage almost. And I really liked it for when she's getting blackout drunk because it kind of shows like a time lapse, like lost time that she clearly ends up having. Yeah. Um, you know, not knowing how Alex or 3C I have <laughs> died. I 3C. 3C. That's funny. Yeah, how he died. Oh, and they'll keep referring to And that's that. industry talk, too. When I dated the girl at Table 34, mm-hmm. back at my restaurant that I worked at for a long time, uh, it was for months. It was, so you're still talking to the girl at 34? I was like, I am. She's <laughs> my girlfriend now. <laughs> so industry talk, which is just a funny thing. How's 3C doing? It's like how, <laughs> how true to life that feels. Yeah, that's fun. I like that. I'm sorry. Did I interrupt? You're talking about the boxes? Oh, no. Just that I really like that it kind of, it's a weird style. Like, it's a bold style choice, I guess. It's noteworthy. And it also kind of seems to serve the function of she's lost time in between these two things. Uh, let's talk about it here in yeah. genre. I wrote it on my plot card. Mm-hmm. So... Obviously, it, it it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but is worthy of discussion. I hated it. I hated everything about it. Did you? And funny enough, totally coincidentally, or maybe this is why it was on the top of my mind. Twenty four. Mm-hmm. They would do that with the boxes. Where yeah. They would kind of cut back. Beep beep. beep. Do, yeah. Do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. And they would and you go hated through. It? No, I liked it fine. Okay. I liked it fine because they would give you a clear. Here's what one person's doing. They'd move the box mm-hmm. here. Here's what another person's doing. They move the box here. Um, it it helped the story move along. Yeah. This one, I thought it was clumsy. I thought it was confusing. I thought it was uncoordinated, and I thought it was totally unnecessary almost every single time. There was one point in time she's coming off the escalator. It happens too quickly. 
and it's a long shot of the air, of the airport, and then another long shot from a slightly different angle of the airport. And it's like, which one am I looking at? And there's nothing here for me to see. Yeah. And nothing's moving the story along. It was the most irritating, stylish, stylistic choice. The, I get uh, that. The use, the particular mechanism that we're using here mm-hmm. of, of the boxes was the most irritating version I've ever seen of any variation of it. <laughs> That's funny. So, like, I get, I definitely agree with you when they're using it and she's not drunk that it seems pointless to me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they use it a lot when she is drunk, having seen all, having seen the whole season. Um, they use it a lot when she is drunk, and it seems to serve really well as her losing time because, you know, she gets black, blackout drunk as a regular thing, which is why she wakes up to a man that has been murdered and has no idea if she did it, how he got there. Um, so I think I agree that they definitely use it incorrectly or too often or without purpose a lot of times or seemingly so. Mm-hmm. But I do like it, um, the idea of it maybe showing a lapse in time where she just can't account for it. If they're little drunk vignettes, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, if that was the intention of it, it wasn't clear to me. Oh, I I, I, I would still that. say that I personally, I consider it a failure creatively. Yeah, definitely. Um, but if that were the purpose of it, just because I missed it, wouldn't have changed the fact that it was a bold choice and maybe an effective choice for somebody else. Uh, however, since they didn't only use it when she was drunk, oh yeah, we would have to say that it was a stylistic choice yeah. in the editing of the show. And it's a stylistic choice that we opened the show with. Mm-hmm. So we open it with the boxes of her out partying uh, and then find her on the subway with her wristband on from whatever bar she was in with the stamp on her. Yeah, hand. it looked very raver-tastic. She was in neon and free and very, stuff. It felt very realistic. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, because they didn't miss a beat, yeah. right? She just looked like that type. You'd public nudity yelling at a at a subway kind of person. <laughs> Absolutely. And the little girl looking at her like, this is not a great role model for you in this moment, little mm-hmm. girl. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. However, since it started with that, remember when we started this episode, I said I remember it felt shorter? Mm-hmm. It's because I felt like those, the how quickly they made those cuts yeah. of little boxes felt so cheap. Mm-hmm. And the beginning of it, the intro to the show being those that montage. I believe that. I think a montage is a weird way to start something. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that, honestly, in the, in the last Star Wars movie. Uh, Star Wars The uh, Rise of Skywalker, which is the worst Star Wars movie ever made. Um, I won't argue Star nobody Wars with you. Yeah, I, I don't feel like that's a controversial <laughs> statement at all. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and it opened with the montage, which is the first Star Wars movie to open with the montage. And suddenly everything just feels rushed mm-hmm. and it felt cheap. And it never really got its footing from that point on. And Referring to Flight Attendant? Or Star Wars. Star Wars, okay. And somehow I'm watching the montage here, yeah. and it's the same experience for me, which is, mm, that was a weird, rushed way to introduce a character that didn't give me any of the most important elements of what I need here, and didn't set the correct expectations for me with what my, um, what do we call it, uh, Suspension of disbelief. I, I didn't suspend the appropriate amount of disbelief early enough in the show so that by the time that we're having the flashbacks to the scene of the crime, the bedroom, where yeah. C3 is in bed and he's initially he's covered in blood, and then we have another flashback, and the blood's gone, but his neck cut is still there. And then we have another flashback, and he no longer has the neck cut, you know, the prosthetic. Yeah, absolutely. Where his throat was sliced. 
And now he gets up and he's moving around. It's like, was the whole point of that flashback and him, you know, getting in better shape between each one of them so that we could get <laughs> the actor who we like out of bed and not looking ridiculous with the gore makeup on so that he could go be Mr. Suave again. And, and now we're having a flashback where she is existing in the actual setting that the mm-hmm. story is taking place in and is now removed from it and actually feels like she is in the flashback, living through the flashback. Yeah. That came way too late in the show for me mm-hmm. and was really took me out of it because I thought we were looking at a character who, who really felt real based on yeah. every flight, every young pretty flight attendant I've ever known. Frankly, this is three people I'm talking about, which is not a great sample That's size. A lot, though. Is More like than this. I do. Yeah, it's this yeah. person. As you look at their Instagram stories, woo, I'm drunk in Denver. Woo, I'm drunk in Seattle. Woo, I'm drunk here. Woo, I'm drunk on a bench. <laughs> so I was amused by a lot of, like, there's a lot of it that engaged me. And then we get yeah. to that part and she's saying, what the hell? Why am I back in this room? It's like, I don't know. Why are you back in this room? That's completely hyper-realistic. Makes no sense to me. Okay. So uh, I'm going to start with the first thing that you had kind of brought up, which is that it starts on the montage. And I feel like while it may take you out of it, I got a solid feel for what her average night looks like. Hmm, That she is a party girl, that that is the norm for her that she gets blackout drunk on the regular. I mean, even before she has the call with her brother, Davey, where she discovers a man in her bed and seems rather surprised. Who are you? Hilarious. I'm Ethan. You told me. Yeah. No, Ethan from last night. Ethan from this last night. This character's name on my character card is Ethan from last night. Oh, he got his own character card. <laughs> I definitely saw you writing his name down on a character card, and I'm like, no, no, he won't need that. <laughs> I'd actually already we don't seen see this. him again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's just in my list of <laughs> yeah. characters. Go ahead. Sorry. That's all. Um, no, just that you can tell early on that she gets blackout drunk, and that this is a regular thing for her, that she doesn't have like a normal, what I would consider, I guess, a normal adult lifestyle, that she is out partying every night, that she is... Doing something weird and wild every night. No stability. She does no not stability. have a stable lifestyle. Absolutely. At all. Yeah. So I felt like it was an effective montage in that. And, then, you know, kind of looking back at the she loses time, like that's very early on. She's getting like she's blackout drunk in that. So that kind of goes on point with how I feel like they should be using it stylistically. Mm-hmm. Not to say that they are always good with that, but I find it effective when they do it that way. When it... it it seems purposeful to it you does. and it communicates mm-hmm. what you've it's communicates something to you specifically. Yes. Now the other piece um, that she goes in these fucking weird flashbacks. I agree. They did not land it well in the pilot. Um, but having seen the whole season, I will say they are very intentionally trying to do something with it. But I lost the point of it in the pilot, too. Like, it's not clear what they're trying to do with it. It is an ongoing thing, though, like, just to spoil that a little bit. No, so much was clear. And this yeah. is an actor from Game of Thrones. Oh, is he? Yeah, he was the, remember, big smirk guy with the hook blade thing? That actually Ooh. doesn't clear much up for me, no. Anyone who has that, though, <laughs> pilots the podcast at gmail.com. Tell us, what is his name? <laughs> I mean, we could Google it, but we're kind of busy doing a <laughs> thing right now. You think that'd come up in a search? <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, but maybe you could start with the guy from Flight Attendant. Oh, Flight Attendant, fair. Game of Thrones. <laughs> Boom, there's his name. Oh, hey, Siri, sure. Google Flight Attendant, Game of Thrones, actor. <laughs> wait a second, I'll tell you. Okay, I found this on the web for Flight Attendant, Game of Thrones, actor. All right, wait a second. If I don't find this in three seconds, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> Michael... Huisman, Alex Sokolov, <laughs> Michael Huisman. 
Michael Hoosman. That doesn't narrow Hussman. down. His... Hussman. All right. <laughs> is that the actor? You know him. You know him. I guess oh. my point was he's he's a leading man, and <laughs> yeah. coming off of Game of Thrones, he's kind of an up and comer. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, he was. He's the familiar, guy that they but... had recast inexplicably, who joins up with Daenerys and her mm. crew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's the guy who cuts off a couple people's heads and goes and gives them to Daenerys and says, like, the slavers are dead. Oh, the next season. oh okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, all right. No, that sounds more familiar. Absolutely. Oh, okay, that was real? Yeah. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, all right, sure. That was you actually acknowledging. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've told you for a, for a long time my sarcasm's not clear and not clearly distinguished from my real... That's why I'm really bad at sarcasm, so... Like, that was me being sincere. I apologize. I can try No, no, harder. sarcasm, that comes very naturally to you, sarcasm does. Sincerity seems to be what you struggle with. No, I struggle with making it clear which one's which. The delineation between <laughs> Because the sometimes I'll be trying to be sure, sarcastic. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, sure. No, I'll try to say something no, sarcastic. And Lauren's like, that was the fucking rudest thing you've ever said. Like, she'll be mad at me. I was like, dude, I was kidding. She was like, okay, then, like, have some, like, do something with your voice, man. Have some, some showmanship. Some pizzazz. It's Give me like a little I get video lazy montage. About it. <laughs> you get what about it? Lazy about it. It's like I have the joke and I want to say the thing, but then I don't put the effort into like making it sound playful make and it joking. Funny and fun. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, too lazy to make it funny. I didn't so realize that the mean. difference between sarcasm and bullying was tone. It is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now you know. Uh, I, I but I was. I don't think the point was not well made on my part. Yeah. I made it and I'm, you know, committed to it. But Do. I guess I was realizing when you started with the montage, which I have problems with mm-hmm. uh, That's fair. regardless, and I think you make a good point, um, that once we're going along and get as far into the show as we do to find out, okay, this was the expecta- the, the um, suspension of disbelief that is required of me mm-hmm. for this show. I, I guess I would have really wished. Do you remember the movie or have, have you seen Walter Mitty? No, I have not. I'm Ugh, sorry. It's so good. And it's Ben Stiller at his very best. Uh, and I didn't know that Ben Stiller was such a. You're the person I must have heard this from because yeah. you don't, you're not a huge fan of Ben Stiller. I don't think he's that funny. But That's fair. He he directed Walter Mitty, mm-hmm. and I saw that and it was a beautiful film. It's a remake. I I'm not familiar with the original, and he's great in it. And the character's got a great arc. And I yeah. guess what it what I didn't know was that guy's an artist. I don't think he's much of a comedian, but yeah, he's an artist. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Not uh, your kind of comedy. No, yeah, but yeah, I was super impressed. So, um, he uh, he has these flashbacks. Like he's no, he doesn't flashback. He has these zone outs. Yeah. Where he uh, fantasizes, and, and the fantasies become super real. The movie starts with that. I feel like we talked about this in The Boys. Am I misremembering? I don't know. Where What's-His-Face kind of starts zoning out and starts... Kiwi. Oh, okay. No, I feel like this was a thing we no, talked about. No, no, I believe you. I'm, I, I'm not... We watched The Boys. I watched The Pilot. I'm mm-hmm. not familiar with it enough. Yeah, Huey kept going in these weird, like... He'd zone out and start just being weird when how A train oh, stuff came up. You're probably right. Yeah. yeah, that sounds that sounds like a direct parallel. Okay. That I probably that's why I would have brought but, it up. So yeah. that makes perfect sense. Woohoo! But I remember stuff. When when that's gonna be such a big part of it yeah. that we're gonna keep going back to his zone out fantasies. That would be pretty weird to have that happen just somewhere in the middle. 
right? Because it keeps happening. So they open with it pretty early. I felt so, yeah. Yeah. So you get introduced to that because you have to be introduced to that early because you need to understand the conventions of what you're watching. Absolutely. And to get that so late in the pilot, and I guess maybe, you know, it's a peak TV, right? This is episode one on HBO Max, so maybe you do get it early. You get it in the pilot. Yeah, I felt like it happened maybe halfway through, and I didn't check the timestamp, obviously, but I feel like the first part is the more down-to-earth what you or I might experience if we woke up with our... You know, partner of the night, um, you know, hypothetical. If that person were dead and when we wake up in another country where we think that you can go to jail for, you know, prison for five years for littering, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, the pan- like it, a lot of the beginning part goes through her panic, just her just freaking out, which I they still do, like, show him talking to her in those moments, but I feel like they wait on it because it makes it almost seem less serious. If that makes sense. Well, like it but takes you're away talking from about the shock of it. The beginning of his murder. Yeah. And we don't begin with that. I mean, that's what, 15 minutes in? 20 that's minutes true. in? Yeah. I don't know. We should be checking timestamps, but. <laughs> well, I didn't know how the conversation was going to go. Yeah, I didn't either. If only we had a crystal ball. I'm <laughs> just of, Would you believe none of this is scripted? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just, sorry, I didn't think to check the timestamps. Um, but that is definitely an interesting point that it might have happened a bit later. Yeah. It, it was sufficiently far into it. Yeah. That, uh, you know, you got the introduction to all the characters. Mm-hmm. And we're, and we're talking about this in genre. Think about it like that. Yeah. We start with genre when my cards are correctly sorted. <laughs> <laughs> but we start with genre for a reason. Yeah. What are we watching? Mm-hmm. Right? So they show us all the characters on a plane, right? Yeah. Motherfucking characters on a motherfucking plane. <laughs> so much is clear. So much. It reminds me of any, you know, a number of other things, a couple other things that I've seen on a plane. And <laughs> Snakes? No, Kurt Russell and um, I can't remember what the movie's called, but it came out the same year Forrest Gump did. <sighs> well, some people remember it. Kurt Russell and his action hero days. And uh, terrorism on a plane. This is, I remember seeing it in theaters. Pilots the podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, For anyone who is currently <laughs> shouting the answer at their <laughs> phone. The point is that there's not that much. 1993. I think yeah. it'll be 1993 or four. Um, <laughs> there's not that many things that take place on planes that I'm all that familiar with. Yeah, there's one that I remember back in the day, but I can't remember. Like, there's the. I can, I'm going to make signals where the this comes from, where she's indicating the back doors and the side doors, and it's, what's her face? Oh, man, I can't even think of her name. Yeah, all you've described is every flight attendant I've ever met. Okay, well, like, in the, it's (laughs) supposed to follow, like, the life of the flight attendant, and she's, like, the one who came up with the signal that you do for, yeah. View from the top. That's I never would have thought of that. One. Have I you heard of remember. it? No, I I have heard of it. That's the point, though. Yeah. Is there's like a couple of things. Like I feel like everybody's got their favorite airplane thing. Yeah. In mine's that one with Kurt Russell. Yeah. For me, I, even though I didn't know the name of it, it's View from the Top, and I think Catch Me If I Can If You Can had some. Did you realize that movie's twenty years old? Which one? Catch, Catch me, me if you can. can. Oh, it's so been good. pushing Netflix that has been pushing sense, it on though. me a lot lately, and I was like, "Wow!" Leo DiCaprio was so young. Oh, Tom Hanks has been old forever. Yeah, still looks good though. Tom Hanks is the same age now he was twenty years ago. Think about that. Think about mm. it. 
It's a superpower. Superpower. <laughs> uh, okay. So, anywho. Back to genre. All I was saying was there's not that many airplane <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And whatever else I was saying about that. Okay. That's Shall we fair. move on? Yeah. That sounds good to me. Oh, one other thing I just wanted to bring up. I don't know if you noticed it. It kept flashing to dead animals. Did you pick up on that at all? No. Okay. It was tiny things that they sprinkled wasn't in the, the intro pilot. too, wasn't it? There was deer. Yes. Bloody deer. Yes. Exploding. So they just had like weird little flashes to it like you'd expect in a thriller. And I thought that those were oddly placed. And I will say I don't feel like the, you get enough explanation on what the fuck that is. Until Even in the end? No, no, no. You do. They definitely, it totally has a big part in the rest of the plot and who she is and the whole story. Like big it's game hunter. Really relevant. I mean, you see her dad passing her a beer in there in hunting gear. And then later in the elevator, she says something along the lines of, I was thinking about my dad. He died. Oh, she, Kaylee? Yeah. Well, um, her name's Cassie. In Cassie. <laughs> Miss Cook? Yeah. Quoco? Yeah, so like when she and the other flight attendant guy. Is this her putting her hunting skills? Her, her... I don't know what you're doing right now. <laughs> Quit winking. <laughs> this no, can't no, no. be a thing. Is it going to be like her dad get, taught her hunting skills and she's got to put to work to like track? She a tracker? You got to track down the real killer? No, it's not. Oh, whatever could it be? Okay. I mean, he, hint, he hands her a beer while they are hunting. Yeah. And she's like young. She's a kid. Oh, her dad was inappropriate. I mean, an alcoholic. Yes. She is also. She's a drunk. Dad's a drunk. Mm, got it. Wow, you really were trying to push that being a weird, gross sex thing. No, I wasn't at all. <laughs> you kept winking. It's hard to I've tell. been winking the whole show. <laughs> oh, I thought you had something in your eye. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yo, here's a funny story. Um, I, was out <laughs> I was out to dinner as a teenager. Yeah. Or I was 20. I don't know. I've been alive longer than it seems reasonable now. Um, my grandparents were in town, mm -hmm. and my grandma pointed out the server who was not our server yeah and she said that looks like your cousin craig and i turned to look and i just every time i looked it's like right when he turned and i missed mm -hmm. his face i was like ah oh, dang i want to see it how much he looks like craig and at some point i i realized that he's coming up like the aisle that we're sitting in he's coming up straight toward us and i'm like eating and it occurs to me oh there he is this is my chance to finally see this guy's face and what he looks like mm -hmm. and i look up at him like really dramatically like my eyes dart over to him like oh, i'm gonna see very this intensely yeah <laughs> and then some my contact got screwy and hurt me and it, like made my eye uncomfortable so i winked <laughs> what do you do? And it sure seemed an awful lot like he was passing by and i rushed to stare him down and then wink at him <laughs> Nothing. I don't know what he did. I looked away really quickly because so I was so embarrassed. So for all he knows, you said that you were there with your aunt grandma? My grandma and your grandpa grandma. and my parents. Yeah, all, for all he knew, your grandparents were like, oh, he would be cute for you. Okay, exactly. don't look. Look. No, look now. Oh, yeah. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I like the narrative that that's been. <laughs> Characters. My first yep. card. Excellent. This Cassie. Will be quick. <laughs> Cassie. Who we've talked a lot about. She's, we have. She's the flight attendant. She's a very Not just heavy a drinker. flight attendant. <laughs> heavy drink. The She kept drinking vodka straight from like the little mini bottles. That was 
painful for me. Like that Jeez. hurt to watch. Like it, you saw it gathering in her mouth and like, it wasn't like a, she shot it to the back of her throat. She's a seasoned drinker. <laughs> when she, when she wakes up in the murder victim's bed <laughs> yes. in the hotel, wakes up and she doesn't see that he's dead yet. Yeah. Uh, wakes up, wake me up before you go, go mm-hmm. comes on her phone. Turn that off. She reaches out and grabs a glass of water next to the bed. Looks all very natural. This is, looks pretty legit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I just woke up hungover. I feel crappy. Thank God there's water here. Drink, Yeah, drink some water, which, of course, is the immediate thing that you'd want. The only thing your body would be craving, right? Drink some water. <laughs> oh, that's vodka. That was vodka. How was uh, I put my quote? No, I didn't put a quote. I just put it on my quote card. That was vodka. I thought that was so funny because yeah. it was like as much as she's drinking. And the other thing that related directly to this is when she's trying to to uh, when she's going to let the like the young strapping co-pilot <laughs> sleep with her. Yeah. She's willing to sleep with him to get her head out of the fact that she you know might have killed a guy. Yeah. Was probably definitely set up for murder. Uh, and uh, she says something. Oh, he says, like, you want to do that fun thing we did last time we were in Seoul? She says, I was drunk. Oh. And he says, yeah, but when aren't you drunk? Oh, and, okay. And he says it so off the cuff. Like, oh. that was really insulting. And yeah. he looks at her like, oh, but but seriously. Like, but when aren't you drunk? And it's yeah. really a fair question. No, yeah. That if that's your norm, like, why are you using that as an excuse? Mm-hmm. She okay. drinks company booze at work. She's drinking all the time. Man, I definitely, sorry, I totally thought you were going to do the praying mantis. The, it's really funny. It just looked at me. <laughs> and you think I still want to have sex with you or she something says, like that? She said, it just looked at me and you still want to hook up? Yeah. And the translation perfect. to me was, I'm crazed right now. <laughs> I think that fucking thing just looked at me and you still, and she says, I got to go. Like, it just looked at me. I got to go. He's like, so you're not coming in? You still <laughs> want to hook up? <laughs> yeah, I like your interpretation. It was good. All right. Um, I think that's pretty well, like, that's that's what we know about her. Yeah. She's got um, a brother. Yep. Um, Davey. Davey. Okay, I just called From him brother. From Grey's Anatomy. He's so adorable. Oh, Davey. Uh, he's got two kids, it would appear. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's an aunt because she's not fit to be a mother. <laughs> not fit. Her no. lifestyle's not very good for her. Right no, now, for she sure. seems like one of those girls that loves kids mm-hmm. and would recognize I am not wanting to be a mom right now. Oh, yeah. But definitely. I super love the aunt role, and I'm a totally fun aunt. I'm really there for my nieces. Definitely. And could maybe be a sterling mom someday with that kind of practice. Yeah, when you're not getting blackout drunk. When that seems like the thing. Blackout drunk and maybe a little homicidal every night. <laughs> maybe <laughs> hardcore maybe <laughs> um yeah is there any background so she yeah i guess we talked about i mean the whole thing's about her she uh hooks up with yeah. uh 3c yeah absolutely does yeah no question about it <laughs> 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 certainly, certainly. Uh, and then they get together that night, actually, after, um, you know, participating in the Mile High Club and Mile High Club events <laughs> whilst at work. She's a card carrying member. Card carrying member. Uh, they get together, and through flashbacks, we find out that they really, really had a good time. Like they had yeah. a good connection. Um, he's a, uh, you know, a bright light in a dark, lonesome world. Yeah. And then wakes up dead the next morning with his throat slit covered in blood. Wakes she up cleans dead. up the crime scene. She flees out of there in a panic all day long, 
The whole episode's just the one day, isn't it? Yeah. Yep, starts with the murder. So we go from uh, Bangkok to mm-hmm. Seoul. Where do we end up? America. Back in America. Mm-hmm. So I guess she gets maybe home it's... and then the authorities are waiting to... Oh, so it's more her. than a day because we sleep on it that I think night. it's a full 24 hours, isn't it? Or am I wrong? Possibly. Not, well, no, you're hours right. The... It's two, di- two days. Yeah. But it's that whole trip mm-hmm. from that point. Yep. Yeah. That's and, the one we got. Oh, actually, it. it is a full trip because she starts out in the U.S., I think, on the subway at home. Yeah, because Ethan from last night. From last night. Is mm-hmm. at home, which was hilarious. That was so good. And she says to him, when she finally realizes he's not a stranger in her bed, he was actually invited, and she forgot she invited him and yeah. sent text message instructions for how to get in his her house, and he falls asleep waiting around on her. Yeah. And uh, when she pieces it together... She says, uh, thank you for the effort. Nice job. <laughs> and high fives them. <laughs> that was uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, and then she is maybe thinking she's going to get hit pretty hard for a crime that she probably didn't commit. Probably. Based on the way they've set up the show. Yeah, well, and so she calls her lawyer friend Annie, freaking out, being like, hey, you remember that Amanda Knox, like, (laughs) (laughs) which I wasn't aware was a real thing. If you want to briefly kind of recap, I know nothing else about it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was in the news for quite a while. Amanda Knox, who was in Italy, who was charged with murder and convicted of murder, and then she was exonerated for murder, and they retried her, and then tried to retry, and she came back to America, and... They tried to retry her a third time because it seemed like they were really just angling for that conviction. But the DNA evidence seemed to really fully exonerate her. Yeah. And the media attention of it, I recall thinking, in retrospect, was pretty unfair because she was pretty. So that it was Foxy Noxy. She was branded Foxy Noxy. Oh. And it was really easy to make Foxy Noxy uh, a murderer, right? And, and mm-hmm. it was a weird love triangle kind of story that I think her roommate and somebody else uh, – Roommate and maybe boyfriend. Yeah. Um, you know, the other piece of the triangle ended up murdered by some, like, Algerian guy, or forget where he's from, that came into the story much later and then was clearly the killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. You know, and I wasn't there. Um, but I remember seeing on the news after she came back, and she seemed like like kind of a nice person. And she was just much different than the character that the media had portrayed. So it made me, you know... I think everybody kind of had their opinions on it because it was a media story yeah, absolutely. of an actual trial. And then, you know, it, interesting to see how, how that how the media can create a specific vision for it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, she mentions that with Annie saying, hey, what was what's her name's name? That This is when she's, like, cleaning up the murder scene. Yeah, freaking sh- out. Shouldn't have done. Oh, wait, and then her alarm goes off. Snooze goes off again. <laughs> yeah. Wake me up. Before you, which I thought was very funny how in this very serious yeah, moment. Yeah, was it a three-beat? <laughs> I think it was. Yeah. Uh, what, rule of threes. That's comedy. Um, <laughs> yeah, to have that keep coming on at like inopportune times, like disrupting this very serious moment. But yeah. this is just her genuine ringtone, and mm-hmm. that would be happening. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah, I... I thought that once you had told me kind of the situation with Amanda Knox and mm-hmm. that whole story, I really appreciated what they were trying to do there. Like, because otherwise you kind of look at it and you're like, why would you clean that up? Like, clearly you didn't do it. But at the same time, it's like, clearly you were framed and clearly it would be terrifying mm-hmm. to be stuck in another country where the laws are not yeah. necessarily in your favor. Like they were saying that, uh, oh, I'm going to pull the quote from her friend because it was hilarious because, you know, that was... 
Amanda Knox was Italy, and they are in Bangkok. And she says, um, oh, gosh. Speaking of foreign countries, do not get arrested there. Their laws are like Byzantine. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. Yeah, that's her motivation. Like, that would freak me out. And they later say that, like, oh, do you remember reading about the guy who, you know, got arrested for five years for mm-hmm. for littering. littering? Yeah. And so it's Bank like, on. shit, well, you're suspected of murder. Like, some pretty brutal murder. You got to think at least five years. Yeah. No, you make a good point that, and I didn't really think about it uh that much while we were watching it but to create the connection to amanda knox does create some real world fear yeah because especially by the time in the last i checked amanda knox is still wanted in italy because they want to try her a third time uh and i understand that the um dna evidence in the way that it was originally crafted by dr hanpickian of boise state university um, no longer had access to it. So it was like, no, you got, you're got you out. You cannot go back to Italy and stand trial again, which I don't think she was really weighing that. I wasn't yeah, yeah. Really, probably, I assume she was weighing the consequences of doing that um, or consequences of what was being proposed. Yeah. But it did get to, you did get to the end of that and feel very grateful that the United States seemed to have the superior, um, would you say, judicial process? Yeah. Uh, seemed much more fair. Double jeopardy, for instance, applies. <laughs> yep. So to just keep trying her based on the political whims or the you know the social zeitgeist of the time, um, that's crazy that that uh, somebody might have experienced that. And to draw that connection here, I think probably demonstrated that she had some real concern. And as audience members, if you knew what they were talking about. You know, you've you've seen such a thing happen, so she had a legitimate reason to be very concerned because there would be no recourse for it. She'd just be, you know, spending the rest of her life in prison wondering herself what happened. Definitely. So, uh, Annie, what we do get of her, she definitely seems to have a a very familiar knowledge with Cassie's erratic behavior, if we're going to call it that, that she's got the Find a Friend phone, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Find a Friend app on her phone. Um, and it's like, oh, you're in Bangkok. Like, why do you have that? Remember that time you were drunk and you just never turned it off after I found yeah, you? Yeah, we all shared the, uh, so that we didn't, you know, didn't get in trouble. Yeah. Didn't get lost and you never turned it off on your phone. Yeah. That was clever. I liked that a lot. Um, so she's a lawyer and something I found interesting, because you don't get a whole lot from her aside from that phone conversation, but when she ignores the call... Um, and she's being called over by kind of an older guy, and then it kind of shows the blood on her hand. She's a fancy lawyer for some shady people. Yeah. Yeah, so I like that, that it kind of sets up there's something going on with her. Blood was on his hand. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, that uh, Annie is a fancy lawyer for some shady people. He's got blood stains. Yeah, and it's a fun... Still red. She's a fun... She's a... The character's fun. She plays it in a fun way. She's oh, yeah. got this sardonic quality that comes o- across immediately, and I think she's kind of drunk when we're introduced to her because it's night. T- it's morning in Bangkok and nighttime in mm-hmm. the U.S. Uh, so we're getting her at the end of the night, and she's, you know, kind of ready to sort of zone out. And because she looks like she's eating like uh, to-go food. I don't know. She's funny. I just felt like I knew who she was. Oh yeah. Felt like she was just this funny, witty, shit-talking. She is. Yeah. Uh, kind of gruff. You know, let's knock a few back, kind of, when yeah. you're cool chick girlfriends that you might have. Yeah, she's definitely a lot more grounded 
than um, yeah. our dear friend Cassie. <laughs> yeah, she just sort of has that sort of polite, casual alcoholism that's sort of fun. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe she wasn't drunk in that scene. I don't know. That's how I took it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she was, actually. I think she was being responsible. I, if I remember correctly, I thought she was, you know, about to go to work. Or eating in like a lunch or break room or something. Like she was eating, I thought, like a salad or something. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, that would be responsible. Well, I guess in that case, who knows? We should probably cut this part out. <laughs> I just can't remember. But yeah, I remember. That I was my I impression of her. But That's I fair. guess the point is that she, she left an impression. Yeah. She had practically nothing to do here. Mm-hmm. Did her small stuff really well. Absolutely. And remained very memorable and was clearly going to be an important piece of the story to follow. Okay, so I have, let me count really quick. It's hard. Six. I've got six minor characters left. Yeah, let's play. You have the same? Okay. I don't know. Um, Shane, I don't know that you get him by name, but I thought I'd give him a name. Male flight attendant. Okay. <laughs> um, Stereotypical not male flight attendant. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't take the investigation too seriously. Um, kind of much more lighthearted than everyone else. Very engaged with the gossip because everyone seems to be gossiping about Cassie and 3C. Right. Um, we've got Jada, who seemingly hates Cassie, and that's really all we super get on her. Mm-hmm. She's part of the gossip crew, though. And then Megan, who has the quote, she's my best friend, but then follows with, yeah, I have no idea what she was doing that night. It was none of my business. Megan Briscoe. The older flight the attendant. El- yeah, the, el- the older one. I was going to call her elder, and that's definitely not the... <laughs> the grown-up. The grown-up, There's yeah. always the three types of flight attendants, right? Which is clearly what they're playing on here. Like, yeah. oh, she's the young, pretty party girl. Um, Megan's the older, jaded one who's kind of pissed off at everybody. And then you got the happy, young, gay guy. It's yeah. Like, always the three that you get. The mean old lady. <laughs> oh, she's not... Megan's not mean. She's just... She's no, she's not at all. Yeah. She's really cool. But she's the... Jada's, I would say, the kind of the... Not mean, but catty. Megan's a little more world-weary, I would say. Like okay. She's just, you know, a little bit more down-to-earth, a little bit... She's not the one who's flirting with 3C. Oh, yeah. She takes her job seriously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, do you have anything more to say on either of those three? I don't feel like they deserve much more than a... Meh. Right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, there's deser- not much on them. The way you said that, I know exactly what you're saying. But they're characters. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to say. Yes. They're they're Their establishing were who we're gonna need to know, and mm-hmm. it's fun that we have a crew Absolutely. that's on the same trip, so we have the same people, mm-hmm. uh, and the way they're connected together as coworkers is kind of it's fun, revealing, feels real. It's like the way those yeah. relationships would really be. But they're not given nearly the time or, yeah. They don't have anything to do other exactly. than be subordinate characters to her character to further the plot along. Absolutely. So far, for sure. But in the time they have, great job. Yeah. Okay. Um, have we talked about Alex slash 3C enough? Do you feel like there's more to say on him? No. I mean, he's, he's the guy. He's the element. He's the artifact that mm-hmm. makes the whole story relevant. The one that we really spend the most time with is the, is the in-her-head flashback version. Absolutely. Who says, look, I'm not exactly the Alex you remember. When mm-hmm. she asked him, like, well, what happened last night? He was like, I don't, you know, I know what you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a figment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's relevant. But right now he's just sort of a plot element. Absolutely. All right. And then the only other two I have are our FBI people. Kim Hammond, Van White, FBI Agent 1 and FBI Agent 2, who I thought were um, humorless and uncharismatic and totally irrelevant totally irrelevant or relevant no totally irrelevant and i don't i just mean that in the way that 
I don't know. They just felt like token the the law enforcement who's on the case. Yeah. And I felt like they flipped the roles a little bit where it's like, oh, like, like she is the, uh, she's the tough guy. Like the, the sort of stereo, the historically male or stereotypically male role that I just kind of felt like they wrote it for a guy and put her in there where she was, where he's always like over her shoulder. Like he's the obnoxious little, uh, a sidekick. Yeah. yeah, he was torpish, and I thought the way she spoke to him was unprofessional, and I thought his behavior was unprofessional. What? The way she spoke to him? He was sitting on her desk and like not doing. No, I He's don't. I didn't say I didn't have word. a problem yeah. with it. I'm saying that I thought, like, as a leader, I thought yeah. it was a lame example of what law enforcement would look like, and I yeah, thought he was a lame example of what law enforcement would look like for two completely different reasons that yeah. both made the head and the butt look like assholes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, that's fun. Um, I feel like they may not do up the whole that they may not do this duo a whole lot of justice in the pilot. So for the pilot's sake, they're kind of flops. Um, I think they do a lot more development in the season as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a hateable character. I'm just gonna lead with that. But they really build he's up her smug. character a lot more. Yeah, he's just such a stupid smug pulling faces character, and he never changes from that. Yeah, he just like he's just. He's he's just there to deliver lines and give her something to act off of as a duo. Yeah. And she didn't give me anything that made me want to know anything about her. They gave she didn't have a character. She didn't have a personality. Like there was this thing where he was he was uh this cringy scene where he was always over her shoulder and in her space. Um yeah. and it was just it was like it was supposed to be funny and I found it particularly unfunny and I found the two just that's why I say they were irrelevant. Like just what stupid fair. characters that didn't add anything. They didn't even move the needle even a little bit. They Not added nothing the novel to the to the uh, FBI agent duo, you know, archetype. All right. For the sake of the pilot, I would have to agree. I will say, give it a couple more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a failed pilot to me. It sure does. Um, <laughs> for for at least those two characters. Sure. Um, that reminds me. I don't feel like we gave a clear pass or fail to genre. And before we move on to doing so for characters, I'd like to... Thank you so much. Uh, I think genre was a pass. I thought it Same. was pretty clear what we were, where we were and what we were trying to accomplish. Yeah. And for characters. Mm, I think Kaylee Cuoco's character was good enough and strong mm-hmm. enough. I mean, it's her show. Yeah. You know, it's all about her. So, yeah, I thought she was compelling enough that I would say they're giving us a cool character. Especially for all of her um, flaws, too. And Absolutely. I think the way that probably... All of us see Kaylee Cuoco as sort of, you know, America's sweetheart to see her be such an irresponsible person and yeah. such a terrible employee. Uh, I kind of, I like the caveats yeah. that she had with her and, and seems like we're probably poised for a really cool character arc of yeah. her kind of becoming worthy or demonstrating her worthiness. Absolutely. I agree. Cool. Well, so... Pass on both of those two, even though we weren't crazy about some of the, like they just didn't give a lot of the characters enough to do. But was, they didn't need to, I think. No, they they had personalities. Like they mm-hmm. didn't. Not everybody needs to be, you know, a, a Walter White character where oh, yeah. it's you know a, about the like they don't need to satisfy all these all these dramatic elements. Everybody had a uh, personality. Like that's how people are in real life. Yeah. And I liked most of them. Uh, 
like I liked Megan Briscoe. I liked I really liked yeah. Megan Briscoe. I liked Annie. I did too. Like I liked all the other characters. Yeah. But you know they're just. But they, what we get of them? Yeah, they don't have a ton to do, and they weren't asked to do much. Yeah. And, and if they were, it would have been a really bloated episode that we it didn't need because it's really the focus is her. Absolutely. Yeah. It's our setup. So I don't have any complaints about anybody other than the FBI. Perfect. Okay. So on to plot. Can actually one more thing. Yeah. The FBI are character tropes that you see over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. The flight attendant crew is not. So what I like about this show is here's an occupational drama. Mm-hmm. In the occupational part, for anybody who's had a job, yeah. anybody who's had a job in the service industry, there's little things in there that make me feel like either you know this was written by somebody who's got a background doing this and wrote what they knew, or they consulted on it, and they really got kind of the culture and language and I vibe yeah. of having a job in the service industry. They really got that down. So for that unique part of the show, that was there. And mm-hmm. then for the tropey part of the show where law enforcement's on it, some of the lamest I've seen. Yeah, I just don't feel like we get a whole lot on it. I think that, um, you know, the guy tries to lean into the stereotype of let's nail him for this and to kind of spoil later episodes that she kind of is like, no, let's look more at the... It's right. Yeah, let's do what's right. Let's do it by the books. Let's not make any leaps here. Like, let's make sure our... Not trying to be heroes. Yeah. Justice must be served. Yeah, absolutely. So, they may be stereotypes and tropes, but I don't know. I really liked what she did. Um, like, the the female um, FBI agent, mm. Kim. I liked what she did, um, her role. By the end? By the end of it, yeah. But definitely in the early episodes, even, I was like, oh... They just don't give them a whole lot of time and what they do with them. It's just, you're not rooting for them. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we got pass, pass, plot. Pass, pass, plot. Yeah, All what right. we got on plot? Pass, um, pass, plot? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what I've got for plot is that she is going to be, continue, like what we can expect going forward is that she is going to try to figure out who murdered Alex and what happened that night. Kind of, I would say it was, it would be... It reminds me of The Hangover, where you're kind of piecing mm, totally. it. Like, that's what I would have gotten from it, at least. Um, that you're trying to piece together pieces of the night, and that it's not the comical The Hangover, but it's like, okay, I need to fill in what happened, you know. Yeah. When I was blackout drunk. Yeah. Uh, I think it's... Uh, my expectation is that mm, she's kind of on this international chase of yeah. sorts to kind of backtrack or steps and and figure out uh and there will be you know a lot of nail biting moments to figure out what went down and you know not only clear her name but identify who actually done it uh and if that's the case i would say my, my expectations are clear and i would say it's it's a pass on plot yeah i agree cool now to the hook the pink card that sears the retinas oh it's harsh yeah uh, who was that woman? Who was what woman? Is uh, that your? Oh, is that that's your? The note we oh, end on. I was like, what? We woman? end on um, Mrs. Wardwell mm-hmm. from Sabrina. Yeah. Chilling Adventures of. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Wardwell in the conservatory with a candlestick. <laughs> <laughs> You're ridiculous. No, she's in a the flashback. There's a scene. I thought the staging of this cinema cinematographically was mm-hmm. pretty cool where she's in the flashback and says, where the hell am I? And then pulls back the curtain and she's looking at herself in the... Interrogation you know, in well, the ter- yeah, the Makeshift interrogation the room. The security room. <laughs> yeah. 
at the airport where yeah. where the FBI's Holding interviewing her, her, and she tried to you know skin out on that, <laughs> and they got her. Yeah, uh, nailed her. Yep, nailed it. Um, so she's looking at herself through in the hotel room through the window, which leads to the interrogation room. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. And she realizes, and he says to her, you know, fictional seat C three. 3C? 3C. Yeah. Sorry. It was embarrassing. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is, yeah. you know, a.k.a. <laughs> uh, he says, ah, so so you, you remember more than you think you do. Yeah, I think you variation. remember more than you think you yeah, do. Yeah, I think you remember more than you think you do. And then she goes, oh, my God, there was someone else. Yeah, there was someone at dinner with them the night mm-hmm. before. There was someone else there with us that night. Yeah. Who was that woman? It's obviously Mrs. Wardwell, but yeah, I could tell. I will say, before knowing that she was in the show at all, it was just the blurry silo- silhouette of her. I could tell from her hair and the way she held herself. That like, woman's I knew. got a presence. She's got a. She's presence. got a presence. She just exudes sex and depravity, and she's just very. She's commanding. Just very com- commanding. I was going to say in charge. Yeah, she's got such a commanding presence. That's Michelle Gomez. And I believe, and I'm not positive, I believe this is her genuine accent. It's a Scottish accent. It's beautiful. Um, and it. Well, she had such a. Her speaking voice in Sabrina was, I thought, clearly. Well, it was very. It was just singular. Mm-hmm. And it was a good American accent. Absolutely. She was putting one on. But it would have struck me that it was. Oh, I don't know. Maybe a little too trained, a little too sophisticated. Yeah, it's, it's an affectation almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but very, you know, uh, mid-Atlantic. It had mm-hmm. sort of this mid-Atlantic oh, quality yeah. to it. That, I know, liked that. Old movies and old TV had. And I think maybe that's why she has such a presence because she's just got this stunning classic movie star way about her mm-hmm. where she's not conventionally beautiful, I think, by any means, but really attractive. Very, very yeah. attractive. And, you know, she's like... She's womanly as opposed to girlish. Yeah. Like Kaylee Cuoco is beautiful, but she's girlish. She always yeah. looks young. Um, even though she's about our age, so she's not anymore. And Shut up. Quit <laughs> making us old. We're not old. <laughs> um, but Shut she's up. like a, an adult. She comes yeah. into a room and looks like an adult, but she's just <laughs> so sexy. <laughs> She's older than we are, isn't she? I'm talking about Kaylee um, Cuoco. No, uh, like a couple years. Oh. Um, but I'm oh, talking half. about Michelle Gomez still. Oh no. Okay. Yeah, it's so sexy. Oh no, for sure. Yeah. There was no mistake in my mind. You already said that uh, Kaylee Cuoco is like your cousin, so my <laughs> mind wasn't going there with that at all. I knew okay. who you were talking about. <laughs> all that to say. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so that's the note we end on. I would say that's sort of the hook that leads into, ooh, we want to answer this question. Yeah. We, the, the next, like, in order to solve this mystery, we have got to solve who's who was that woman. Yeah, who was that woman? Yeah. And I, for one, have no interest in finding out who that woman was. How about really? you? I had no interest. I The style of the show I found so obnoxious mm-hmm. that by the time we finally got there, I just didn't have any interest in continuing with Um. It. So I did. But I will say that I had kind of a bias. I recognized Mrs. Wardwell. And if nothing else, I wanted to watch the next episode to see if I was right. Um, Don't get me wrong. The rest of it was entertaining and it was enough for me to continue to watch it. And the next couple of episodes really got me. Um, You know, I watched the entire serial, the entire first season, which is available um, in one night. On HBO Max. On HBO Max. Thank you. Good plug. (laughs) (laughs) 
Cha-ching. Uh, and I wasn't paid to mention HBO Max, but having mentioned it, I <laughs> think some compensation would be reasonable <laughs> in order. Absolutely. Um, no, I like, uh, you, you know, I was disappointed. Yeah. And watching this the second time, because I started this a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. or a couple months ago or like a year and a half ago or whatever. Hard to say. I don't know. I'm so Definitely old Definitely not this that long like, ago. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think. It came out in November, I within, think. Within this same girlfriend ago, so okay. recently. Uh, I I think it's a really good looking show. I think mm-hmm. it looks great. I think yeah. she's great in it. I love her. Um, I'm you know there's a couple pieces. I love the international aspect, but that goes back to me to the look of the show. And yeah. I just thought the you storytelling was so clumsy that I was disappointed that I had no interest in continuing it. And this time around, watching it this, I was disappointed the first time. Mm-hmm. Came in with lower expectations. Yeah. I didn't dislike it this time as much as I... Well, I wasn't... I didn't have room to be disappointed anymore because I was already disappointed, right? <laughs> so I didn't feel the same sting of disappointment that I felt last time by it, but I uh, still just didn't give a shit about continuing. Yeah. Because I just didn't want to see the you know the methods we were going to take together. I don't understand why she's in, the, in her mind arguing with herself removed from real life and it removes me from the storyline it takes away any consequence because we're not in we're in fantasy world yeah i will say it definitely is not the traditional murder who done it in that way that it, there is a lot psychologically that she is working with here that she you know the tiny flashback that's only barely hinted at with her father and the dead animals and the beer that's handed to her i mean it plays a big role and it's a so big subtle. part of I didn't even why realize. Was, well, I mean you were taking notes also. But I mean it is something I definitely remember seeing in it and was like, why do we keep getting dead animals? Has she killed something before? Like that's where I thought we were going with this. Like that she has like this murderous past and then I kind of at least felt like there's something in her past that's tied to this, but I didn't understand how. Um it just it felt a little too clumsily put in, I will say. Mm. But I do feel like they it pays off later when they end up doing it. All that to say, give it a couple episodes. Right. Um, but, you know, if you're not crazy about the style of the show, I don't know that it'll, it will grow on you. It is what it is. Uh, so saying to me right now, yeah. give it a couple of episodes, <laughs> meaning you like the series. Oh, yeah. I definitely really liked the series. Do you consider the pilot successful? If it's a hard pass or fail and you can only pick one. And I can't just give it a, a grade instead. Then yeah, I'd say it's unsuccessful. Which is, you know, it's it's a bummer because it's got a lot of good elements. You know, we passed three yeah, of Kaylee the four. Kaylee Cuoco and Mrs. Wardwell in it. Yeah, and Annie. And it's got a clear hook. It's just not one that compelled you. So you know, I feel like it's all there, and it comes down to preference. Yeah. And maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, it's a style that appealed to me and a question at the end that appealed to me. Well, this so is something that drew me in. This is interesting. Yeah. We have an area in which um, you know, the only area in which I didn't pass it was the hook. Oh, really? Because okay. I, I'd felt so. But it was clear to you what the hook was. The hook was clear, mm-hmm. but I wasn't hooked. That's fair. Um, and I guess that's pretty subjective, as, yeah. as is our scoring as is methodology. Our score. We led with it. <laughs> right. We don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, Excellent. <laughs> no, I mean that's that's the scoring methodology. Yeah. But here we're in an area in which here's here's a here's a category we don't score, mm-hmm. which is the individual style yeah. of the show. And the individual style of the show is well, 
you know, all these things are clear to me. It's successful at establishing all these things. Yeah. And I and I'm but I'm not interested in it. That's and I fair. think it kind of comes down to style, but I don't like the FBI agents either. So I, they just didn't like they didn't make the argument for why I need to come not, back. For yeah, this. I get that. So I don't know if it's style or or not, but in but it didn't hook you. It's a loose word. The definition of style. Mm-hmm. That's a loose thing. It's that X factor. Yeah. And it ain't got it for yeah. me. So I don't know what that is, but it's interesting to me that it could succeed in three areas, not exceed for me in the one area. Mm-hmm. Is that the one area that matters most? Is that what that means? Or is this saying that style trumps um, content in, in, in a certain ways? way? Oh, definitely. Like, is there a category here that, that we don't score that's, the, you know, this X factor category that, that uh, like, is that a category that we should discuss? Like, does it have that thing that well, you can just make up? I don't have another up? colored note card, so no, I hope no. not. But. I don't want to add it, but I just think it's interesting <laughs> yeah, that it, it scored, you know, it did the things yeah. that, that, that uh, pilots seek to do. Like, it accomplished all those things. It even gave you a very clear hook. Yeah. And uh, and in the end, I still feel like it's unsatisfactory. So where does it go wrong exactly? Because it didn't show up in our score. Yeah, the, I think the later episodes hook me better. But definitely the pilot does not hook me as much. I would get. I would agree with you that the hook is the least compelling piece of it. The hook's the X factor. Yep. All there right. There it is. There's the answer. <laughs> there it is. Cool. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, Next week, we have another HBO Max original, Raised by Wolves. We've spaced it out with just enough non-sci-fi. We've spaced it out. (laughs) Look at you. (laughs) You said something earlier, too. You said maybe it didn't land in the pilot. (laughs) You winked at me. I don't know what what It's kind of a runway show. Oh, <laughs> I, when you wink, I swear I think it's sexual. I'm like, why are you doing that? Tell me more. Hey. What does it mean? <laughs> Ask the server at Goodwood when I was a teenager if it was sexual, and he will tell you, no, the young man just had something in his contact. Yeah, I don't think he'd say that. <laughs> but say, if you know, who? email us, pilotsthepodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> That's pilotsthepodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, and where's the other things that they got to do? Um, Pilotsthepodcast.com. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> to subscribe and, you know, find a different way to listen to us if the way you're listening to us right now just ain't cutting it. You know, I'm not going to tell you what you're going to find on pilotsthepodcast.com. You should go find out for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Quit winking at me. <laughs> Okay, this is uh, the most fun I've ever had in my whole life. Uh, I'm really glad we did this, and I'll see you next week. I'll hear you next week when we uh, score Raised by Wolves. Thanks, everybody. I'm Riker. And I'm Shmi. And this is Pilots. Pilots.